everybody, Jeff Antoniak here. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz. So today we're gonna do our second video in the series of three, maybe four videos talking about rhythm changes. And this of course is for all instruments, anybody that solos, it could be a bass player or whatever. Don't be scared by the soprano sax. I know it's a scary instrument, but don't worry about that. Okay, so if you go back a couple videos ago, we talked about rhythm changes, talked about what it is, and talked about a diatonic approach to soloing over rhythm changes. So if that's not making any sense, if you haven't seen that video, go back and check that out. That's a fantastic approach. It's great for people just getting started with rhythm changes, but I use an example of Joe Henderson, one of my favorite, maybe one of the more advanced improvisers of all time on any instrument. So it's an approach that anyone and everybody needs to use, not just can use. It's an approach you have to have in your playing, diatonic stuff. Okay, so now I wanna get into what our bebop heroes were doing or the basis of what they were doing. These people were geniuses, right? So I'm not gonna explain how to be a genius today. Uh, that's a whole nother video, I guess. Um, but talking about what was underlying their playing. Now, I've done this many times with many solos, and this will tell you what kind of personal life I have. Um, I have counted <laughs> the notes played in a chorus of Charlie Parker playing the blues or Cannonball Adderley playing rhythm changes or something. And I'm so, okay, yeah, I know. Talk bad about me. But so I count up that. And then what I do is think, okay, chord tones, one, three, five, seven, or even one, three, five, seven nine, because us jazz players like that, how many of those notes that Charlie Parker played were chord tones? And how many were anything but chord tones? And I've done this a lot of times with different musicians, different eras of jazz. And every time, the, the least number I've ever come up with, I think, is something like 65% chord tones. That's the least number. Very typically, it's 70, 75, sometimes 80% chord tones. And these are from the geniuses of the music. So let's call it an average of 70 or 75%. Our heroes were playing chord tones three quarters of the time. If they played 100 notes in a solo, 75 of them were chord tones. This is a signal to us to be learning our chord tones. And then the cool thing is what's up with that other 25%? Well, now we can start figuring out, we can try to reverse engineer what they were doing. How were they thinking? What were those amazing sounds they were getting? That's what we're here to do. So today we're talking about chord tones. And I'm gonna use the A section of rhythm changes as our point of departure. So you can see we have eight measures written out. This is the A section of rhythm changes. And what I did is wrote out a little sort of etude here, but we're gonna start before that. What I'm suggesting is that we need to know our chord tones. Now I'm talking here, as I do at jazzwire.net, as I do at Maryland Summer Jazz, which is, by the way, an adult, amateur, semi-pro workshop I do every year here on the East Coast of the United States. This is our 15th year. We have Grammy winners, we have university professors, we have major touring artists, come to Maryland Summer Jazz. You folks tuning into this need to come to Maryland Summer Jazz. Study with these folks, hang out with me and everybody else, and play, play, play. So visit Maryland Summer Jazz. I'd love to see you there. So what we're doing is starting at the beginning. So can you play the roots of this chord progression? Let's see if we can. So if we count it off. One, two, three. 
Okay, so not the hardest thing in the world. Look at the letter that was there, a B-flat concert. So I was playing in B-flat concert, a B-flat concert, then a G, then a C, then an F. Literally play those notes as half notes. Can you do that? Well, it takes a little practice, but most of us with a handful of minutes of practice would be able to do that. One thing I'll say is I wasn't just playing ha, ha, blah, blah. I was playing those notes with intention, with rhythm, right? I was trying to pretend I was Ray Brown on the bass, or I was trying to pretend like I'm Art Taylor on the drums. I was playing them with some intention. So not just what the notes were, but how I played them. Okay, fair enough. So most of us can get there. That's huge to be able to play the roots. You know the bass part of this tune. Here's the thing, when you do that, and I'd ask you to do that 10 times over until it's so boring you could do it and think about something else. So as you're doing that, it's also an ear training thing. Your ears are gonna start hearing that motion of one, six, two, five, three, six, two, five, one, etc. I can't sing, clearly, but I've done that enough times that I can sort of croak out those notes with the right pitches. So when I get lost in rhythm changes, when I walk into the room in the middle of the tune, huh, wonder what song they're playing, wonder where we're at, I can hear it. If I can sing it, I can hear it. If I can sing it and hear it, I can play it. Very important. So now, let's get to the etude on the sheet. All I did is wrote out the root and the third of each of the chords. Pretty simple. And I wrote sort of a swinging rhythm. Again, the rhythm, the intent, the groove, the feel behind this is important. So I wrote a syncopation. For each one, it's one and the end of one. Sounds like this. Okay, so for some of us, this might get a little challenging. Of course, you don't have to do it at that tempo. You could do it at a slower tempo for sure. So let me actually play it now with a track, and I'm gonna loop it and play it through twice. I'll actually do it a little slower for you, and I would love to, for you to use this video to play along with me. See that you're getting the right notes, see that you're getting the feel, see that you're getting the articulation. So let's do that. I will say that where you play, you know, that, that, those licks, that little etude I wrote, feel free to displace the octave. If something gets too high, play it lower. If something gets too low, play it higher. It's just sort of meant to sit in the middle for all of us. But there were a couple of times I adjusted the octave just to show you it doesn't matter. So right there, whether you heard me playing unaccompanied or with the track, 
um, you can really hear the chord changes in my playing. And that is what today is about, this Rhythm Changes 202 video. The first one was about diatonic playing, not being inside the chords, but playing a great melody. This one is about being inside the chords. When we talk about the great bebop musicians, whether that was Charlie Parker, or whether that was Sonny Rollins, or Sonny Stitt, or Clifford Brown, or on and on, those folks were known for playing inside the chord changes, right? So that's what we're doing. And we're playing 100% chord tones, not just 75, 100%. So we wanna to get to the place where we can do this in our sleep. Okay, so one of the ways we do that is by building up. Start with the roots. Can you play the roots? If you can't, I bet by the end of the day, you'll be able to. That's colossal. Okay, now that you can play the roots, can you play the root and the third? So I just sort of wrote out a little etude here for you. So can you play the root, the third, the fifth? So I didn't write that one out for you, but of course we can imagine what it might sound like. I just played one, three, five, one, three, five on every single chord. You can start getting creative. Can you play them descending? Five, three, one. Okay, that's a whole nother thing. Can you play one, three, five, three? You get the idea. Make up little exercises. So far, this is important. There's no improvising yet. So far, we're setting up a pattern that we want to recreate in each key. So we don't let ourselves, there's no get out of jail free card here. You have to play the same thing on each pitch level. So this is practice with a capital P. We're not playing, we're not really having fun, we're practicing, which by the way is how you get better, okay? So doing that with one, three, five. Now at this point, Huh, I wonder if we can improvise with just one, three, and five. Okay, there were a couple times when I was hesitating or trying to keep myself with the root third fifth. I've, I've done this plenty of times. I've made this demonstration in front of other master classes or at Jazzwire or whatever, but that limitation is really tricky, right? It's like writing a poem and this word has to rhyme with that. Your instinct is to write some other word, but you don't get to, the limitations, right? So to this day, this is a good thing for Jeff to practice. It's definitely a good thing for you to practice. So start with the A2. So here's the process now of how you practice. Start with the root and then improvise with the root. Literally improvise with the root, changing in time. That's the key. That's going to kick your butt a little bit. Then do an etude with the root and the third. Like for instance, what I wrote here. Then can you improvise with just the root and the third? Continue on. Root third, fifth make a little etude out of it, you know how to do that, and then improvise with it. By the way, 
right to that point, that may take you a month. Or if you have more experience, that may take you an hour. Or we'll see, right? But if it takes you a month, don't feel bad. Don't bail out. Don't freak out. This is some of the most important work you could do in developing your jazz playing. So if it's hard, if this is some heavy lifting for a month, there is nothing, nothing better. And I will be super proud of you. I will uh, send you a cookie or I don't know what, a magazine subscription. I'll, I'll, I'll do something nice for you because this is going to be so good for you. I want you to do it. Okay, so now what comes after that? Well, sure, let's continue off the chord tone. So one, three, five, seven. So I wrote another etude out here for you just to let you know how, I mean, if I played this or if you heard Cannonball with Cannonball's sound and Cannonball's articulation playing this little etude that I wrote out with chord tones, I don't think you would notice anything missing. It would sound like legit bebop. And this is still 100% chord tones. So that's the point for today, chord tones. Let me play this for you. I'll play it twice through. And again, I'd love you to use this video to play along with me on this stuff. Here we go. Okay, complete with squeaks and running out of breath and everything else. Yeah, I kind of forgot that, you know, sax players need uh, a rest every once in a while to breathe. So make up a little breath for you in there. The idea is chord tone. So getting really, really inside the changes. There could be nothing more inside the changes. We are only playing the chord tones. When you have this pretty second nature to now add that magic stuff that Bird and Sonny Rollins and Kenny Dorham and Oscar Peterson were adding in between the chord tones, approaching the chord tones, this all becomes incredibly doable. I mean, we really can get to 90 or 95% of what our heroes were doing, the geniuses of this music. We can really see and understand and create something like that. The last 5%, you're never gonna get from me because I don't know what it is, because that's genius. And um, so that's that last little bit that I'm not going to pretend I can teach. I can talk about articulation. I can talk about tone. I can talk about melody. I can talk about a zillion things that get us 90 or 95% of the way there. For a lot of us, that's pretty good. To be 90, 95% of where our heroes were at, yeah, I can kind of live with that too. So um, I'm just going to play a little bit now improvising through uh, this stuff, and I'm going to be letting myself use ninths now. And this is, I'm going to be pretty unencumbered at this point, allowing myself to improvise um, using chord tones, using some ninths. That's, that's a lot of the way there. All right, enjoy this. Thank you so much for tuning in. And of course, if you're interested in this PDF or any of the other Digging Deeper Jazz PDFs, you can email us. And I uh, really want to see you at jazzwire.net and certainly at Maryland Summer Jazz this July and every July. So check it out.
All right, here we go.